Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of Growing in Grace. It's Joel and Mike with the Growing in Grace podcast, our weekly 14 minutes as we delve into God's grace, His love, His mercy, His kindness, His goodness, and uh, all that other stuff that's good about God. So here we are. How's Mr. Kapler doing? Hey, Joel, uh, and thanks for all of you for coming along with us Uh we're just having a good time here with another Growing in Grace podcast. More than a decade of past programs can be found at growingandgrace.org. And just a reminder that our podcast is brought to you by the letter red, as in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> the red Sponsor letter? Sponsor of the show. Brought to you by the red letters or the letter red? <laughs> the <laughs> Not color. the red letters necessarily. <laughs> because some of those red letters... Are words of bondage, believe it or not. <laughs> That's sort of what we're going to be talking about. Not necessarily the red letters, but um, the idea that uh, you know some people may be in bondage and they don't even realize it. I know there's lots of different places we want to go with this, and, and hopefully we can wrap it up in one podcast here. But I know that, for example, in the church today, you have people who are clinging to the law. They think that we're supposed to, as believers, as Christian believers, we're supposed to be followers of the law, and they perhaps are blind to certain Bible verses or certain Bible truths, such as the fact that the Apostle Paul tells us that the law gives birth to bondage. That's Galatians 4.24. And he says that the law makes people guilty, Romans 3.19. The law is the strength of doesn't say righteousness. It says the law is the strength of sin. And of course, as we were talking about the last uh, few weeks, the law is the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. The letter kills, he says. But yet, even though the Bible says that, even though Paul makes that clear in the New Covenant Scriptures, even though Paul makes that clear, people still cling to the law as if it's going to somehow still bring us life and righteousness, and peace with God. Uh, somehow they think that through the law, we need the law to help curb sin, where Paul actually said that through the law, sin increased, sin abounded through the law. And so the point here is that people are in bondage, and they don't even realize it. They don't really understand that they need to be made free from something, and that can be difficult it's it's one thing if a person realizes, man, I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to live this Christian life. I've been trying to follow the law, but I just can't do it. And then you share the truth with them about what the scriptures say, that the law was bondage, that it was guilt, that it was condemnation, that it was death. And they, oh, they, and they realize, they understand. And then you turn them over to the ministry of the spirit, to the ministry of life and grace, and things change. Those are the people, you know, they realize, oh, I was in bondage and now I've been set free. But there are other people who it's it's a little bit more difficult to uh, help them to be free when they don't understand that they're free, in the uh, that they're in bondage in the first place. Yes, I, I think the first step is to admit 
there's a problem. <laughs> I mean, That's true. There's, there are people who are living as slaves, spiritual slaves, even within the Christian church. I'm not saying that they aren't necessarily saved or anything like that. I'm just saying that they're experiencing something God wants to free them from. But they don't even realize that they've been under this religious bondage. They don't realize they've been a, a spiritual slave because it's just all they've ever known and, and been taught. And they trust the people who are teaching them. And some of these things that brought the bondage are commonly taught throughout the Christian church. When you start mixing an old covenant that was meant for Israel, that Jesus set them free from, set them free from, and brought this new covenant into existence while the old one was made obsolete. If you're going to keep mixing that old system that failed from the old covenant that Israel was under, if you're going to mix that with the new, which is quite different from the old, and you're going to have this combination milkshake going on here that people keep drinking, it causes confusion, it can cause fear, you wonder where you stand with God, and a whole bunch of other things that people wrestle with. And frankly, emotionally, a lot of people have been really messed up from some of these teachings that bring confusion. When, when God's not the author of, of confusion, and but when you mix the two covenants together, you get some doctrines that are a little bit hypocritical. They, they really don't add up. There are many contradictions with them because one covenant wasn't meant to be mixed. Uh, the old wasn't meant to be mixed with the new. So, you know, in, in Luke uh, chapter four, you were talking about the red letters, Joel. Here's something maybe we can gain some some insight from. Now, if you're colorblind and you're trying to read the, the red letters, that's a different kind of bondage. But uh, <laughs> Jesus came to minister something to Israel to help set them free. Now, this can also be applied, and I'm, I'm kind of sad to have to say this, but it can also be applied to believers who are a part of the church today who are still living, at least to some degree, in a, a spiritual bondage that God doesn't want them to be in. They just don't have a, a complete understanding of the freedom that Christ brought and um, you know the, the totality of his finished work. But Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, the Spirit, and he's re reading from uh, an Old Testament prophecy, I think it was from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And he's in a synagogue here. I should point that out. He's in a Jewish synagogue. And he referenced this prophecy from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Luke 4, 18 and 19. So I, again, Joel, I, I think one of, one of the keys to experiencing true spiritual freedom, peace and rest is to first understand you've been a slave. Again, doesn't mean that you're not saved or any of that, but you've heard some things that have put you back into bondage that God actually has already delivered you from. It's as if you've been living in a prison and you didn't know it was a prison, and God opened the door during the, uh, the sacrifice of Christ. But because you just think this is where you live, you, you don't even realize there's a whole world of freedom out there for you to go into. Yeah, I, I think that was really how it was uh, for the Jews who were under the law, uh, just for, for one thing. Uh, they were used to all these sacrifices for sin, and then they heard that 
Jesus was the one and only sacrifice for sin, the once-for-all sacrifice for all sins. And so they didn't realize that in their old covenant, which was what all that they had been taught, trying to follow the law and all these sacrifices day after day, year after year, uh, they didn't realize that that was actually bondage. And it was a, a bit of a struggle for them, for some of them anyway, to give up what they had been clinging to all of their lives. And I kind of sometimes think that it's even worse in the church today, because it's not that the church today has all these sacrifices, and they're strictly under law, and then they're told, well, it's not the law, it's not the sacrifices, but it's Jesus only. That was the case for the Jews, but for the church today— This mixture has come in where we're told, well, we've got this new covenant, hooray for the blood of Jesus, but we also have the old covenant, all these laws that we're still supposed to follow. And so it's all mixed together. It's all intertwined. And that is, I think, even a bigger mess than than what the Jews had to get out of their mindsets, because this mixture, the mixture itself is bondage, and a lot of people don't realize it. As we've said many times here on the podcast, you open up your Bible and you think it's God's Word, and so everything that it says here is for me, and so all this stuff gets mixed together, and with that mixture is a great big heaping deal of bondage. And it's hard for people to, if they've clung to that, if they've been clinging to this mixture of, yes, hooray for the blood of Jesus, but yet I still need to do all these things. When that's all mixed together, that's bondage. And so someone had asked us on YouTube not too long ago, do you think that God intended for it to be this difficult? You know, with all this talk that we do about the covenants, the differences between the covenants, And my response, my main response really was, it's not difficult. The difference between the covenants is actually very easy. You have the old covenant with all its laws, ordinances, and sacrifices, and the Jews knew that that's what they were under. And then you have the new covenant, which is completely different from the old covenant, and it doesn't mix with the old covenant, but it's freedom, it's salvation, and all of these things. That's what's in the new covenant. They don't mix. And so that's easy. It's actually pretty simple to understand. But the problem is that the church has come in and has mixed them together. And that puts people in such bondage. And it's really difficult to get people out of that, of course, without the help of the the Holy Spirit revealing the truth to people. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You know, it's often taught that many of the Jewish laws and commands no longer apply. But It is also wrongly assumed that there is still some sort of an element of law still in place today. So we have uh, these uh, misleading doctrinal assumptions that are built upon the premise that everything Jesus spoke was meant for all future believers. When, you know, in fact, Jesus himself said he only came to minister to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus had to help these Jewish people under that old system of law He had to help them to see that they were slaves to a system that would never bring them what was needed, what was required. What was that? Perfection and righteousness. So until they understood their position of hopelessness through works, faith would remain out of their reach. Notice the contrast. They were under works. They needed to come to faith because the law was not of faith, right? So they needed to be redeemed from that curse of abiding by all of that law and doing it all perfectly 
uh, which nobody had ever done. So we've got people today in, in Christian churches who are caught up each and every week. And here's the problem, Joel. They, they, they think they're under this assumption that their belief system is built entirely upon truth and accuracy. And so they try to work everything into that mold. And they're often blinded, Christian church people today sometimes are often blinded to anything that, that may vary or differ from the religious talking points they've heard over the years, and many of those talking points contradict themselves. So, yeah, Jesus came to, to set people free, and uh, we're just here to let you know that if you're struggling with any kind of fear or wondering where you stand with God or am I going to be blessed, am I forgiven, Jesus took care of all of that. He took it upon himself so that we could walk in true freedom. That's right. He wants us to walk in that freedom for which he has set us free. Well, hey, uh, God, I'm wondering, uh, do you have some time for me? Would you would you please show up? I, I invite your presence, Lord. We invite you to show up. You're obviously somewhere else, Lord, and so... We're asking you to show up. Now, I'm being kind of silly, but it's for a reason. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit about this idea of, well, the Holy Spirit is in us. So do we need to invite his presence? We'll spend maybe a week or two on that starting next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.